Welcome to the Fifth Tile Podcast, a Fifth Trooper production. Hello and welcome to the Fifth Tile Podcast. This is a podcast talking about the world of gaming. And today I'm very excited to talk to my two guests, Nelson and Matt from Mythico Studios. And they're, well, we're going to talk about both their games, but they've got a new game uh, coming out called Heroes of Mythic Americas, which is a 5e RPG supplement. So welcome, boys. Thanks for coming on. Thanks yeah, for having morning. us, Jay. Yeah. Good morning. So I'm really excited. I, I got to meet you guys at, uh, what was it, Gen Con, and uh, I fully invested into uh, Mythic Americas. I, I got all the factions, and I think I got all the models for every faction as well. So, uh, so I was obviously excited uh, about the game, um, and I'm excited to have you guys talk about it. So, so this is, you guys have this great new Kickstarter, and um, yeah. This is going to be a great conversation. And I think what I wanted to do was really start with, and maybe Nelson, I'll go to you, like, tell us about the origins of the company and 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 kind of what you guys are, are looking to achieve through through the gaming. Um, all right. So this sort of journey started with Mythico Studios. And Mythico Studios was this kind of kooky idea about having a community-based uh, hobby studio right so where i wanted to kind of build this place where uh most of the space of the store unlike most hobby stores was dedicated to gaming space mm. uh which is a really stupid business idea because <laughs> <laughs> you're basically paying a lot of two-thirds of your rent to uh to just host a community but i mean that's on purpose right so we spend so if you go to any of our stores it literally is two-thirds gaming space and one-third you know kind of a typical hobby store you know, and we try really hard to kind of build a, a very cool environment, awesome tables, that kind of stuff, right? And we started that in the back of a warehouse a few years ago. And then within six months, we just had so many people coming because they, the vibe was really, really good and it's still very good. So we doubled in space and then eventually we added another location. And then now we're, you know, we're sort of three locations deep, right? Mm. Um, and it's, when I tell you it's community-based, it's community-based. I mean, Matt and I, uh, and the rest of the Silverbacks, which is our gaming, our local gaming um, group. It's just a bunch of old farts to, you know, kind of play <laughs> games. <laughs> um, you know, we are kind of the first of the clubs where a lot of other clubs that play out of uh, our store. So that how, you know, it's that's how it started. I wanted to kind of, as a group, we wanted to do something that just felt like we were celebrating the community first and mm. the various games that people played, right? So I met Matt, I think, playing Legion. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 and we still, we, and we played your campaign uh, uh, incessantly, and so I—that's th the background for Mythico Studios, and so I've had this project called, um, based on kind of where I grew up, right? Uh, so I, I can't—I I was born in Venezuela, I grew up in Colombia and Venezuela, and um, I'm what they call a mestizo, right? Mestizo is a half uh, Spanish, half Indigenous American person, right? Okay. And so my grandmother was full indigenous American. And if you're if you're familiar with mestizos or indigenous American history, um, it's a tough background to research because the Spanish did a really good job of erasing a lot of records. <laughs> so if you're yeah. an indigenous American person of of have some of that heritage in you, uh, like a mestizo person, a lot of Hispanics and Latinos are are. Um, um, uh, and by the way, the difference between a Latino and a Hispanic is a Latino is uh, South American, 
and, and the Americas. Hispanic is uh, Spanish based. Um, well, and, so, and my understanding is just so people know, like when you say that the Spanish through two, two to three different ways, but one of them was uh, smallpox and stuff, right, came through and yeah. was wiping out, wiping out the culture. And then secondly, when the like missionaries were coming through with religion, they were actually burning all the documentation and any books or any any like artifacts or anything that the that the, you know, South Americans, the indigenous people had, they were just lighting that on fire in the name of god and so like a lot of the history my understanding is it got erased through those those two things yeah it's it's um it, it's a very complicated uh awful history yeah uh, which by the way it's still happening i mean in brazil they're killing um indigenous communities for their land right um so it's 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 still something that is an um kind of an awful thing in that sense having that as uh, my family background uh, and a lot of mestizos, a lot of Latin Americans have that as a background. Um, I wanted to kind of celebrate the good, positive things of our cultures, right? Mm. And 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 not the Euro Eurocentric yeah. stories and things that you know all of our stuff is built on. I'm like, well, right. wait a minute, what about all of, you know? So so that was in the backgrounds, and it's been I've been working on stories and writing stuff about a lot of these peoples for I don't know a good part of twelve years. Mm. So about five years ago, um, really started thinking about how to kind of turn it into a game. And then, you know, uh, lucky to have awesome friends who are part of the Silverbacks who are super smart. And and uh, as it happens, uh, also part of, uh, you know, um, some Native American tribes as as Matt. And Matt, maybe you can sort of share some of that information yeah. as well. <clears throat> so I'm a, a tribal citizen of Cherokee Nation, um, which is based out of uh, Oklahoma, a town called Tahlequah, Oklahoma. And, you know, so my family is connected um, to the tribe that way. And similarly to what Nelson described, um, you know, um, the the colonizing efforts of, you know, many different people, the Spanish, the, the, the English, the French, have done a really terrific job of stamping out cultures, yeah. right? Um, you know, some of the, the artifacts that we mentioned before were stolen. You know, a lot of them in South America were made out of precious metals. And so they were carried off and melted. Um, but just um, eradicating these people um, for whatever resources they had um, that somebody else wanted and felt like they were, you know, sort of divinely ordained to, to be able to have, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you know, today's Wednesday, tomorrow is Thanksgiving, right? And, I, uh, you know, that, that was not lost yeah. on me when, when we scheduled yeah. this. I was like, well, yeah. all right, well, we'll do this, but. <laughs> yeah, and so there's different ways you can look at it. And there are a lot of Native folks who look at Thanksgiving as a sort of a depressing holiday. Yeah. Right? Um, but on the other hand, if you sort of reflect on it, um, you had you know, at the very root, and there's different ways to look at it, you had these, these um, pilgrims who were struggling, you know, they inhabited a village that had been wiped out by plague. And, you know, the, 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 the natives in the area, the Nauset, they saw that, and they saw that this time they had women and children, they weren't just a bunch of soldiers who were trying to drag people off to, to Europe in chains. 
and sort of felt sorry for him and, and reached out and said, Hey, how about if we help you figure out how to feed yourselves? Yeah. Um, what we don't hear is that part of what sort of um, inspired that was they were stealing food from the, the pilgrims were stealing food, right. And digging up graves and things like that to, to try to survive. Um, and then you have the whole thankfulness of that, which I like to believe sort of harkens back to the respect that many indigenous tribes have for nature and in the world and just mm -hmm. being thankful to the the plants and the animals that that you know that that you need to consume or or pull resources from in, in order to survive so i sort of got involved in this project um having that background and in my family um my grandmother came from oklahoma her mother still lived in cherokee housing in in oklahoma um and so my family um, had a lot of roots in the Cherokee community, but it was sort of a shameful thing, right? Like mm. people didn't want to admit that they were, that they were native. It's, um, it, and, and that always, that was always one of those things that growing up, you know, I had questions about like, why is this something to be ashamed of and not tell anybody about, right? Yeah. Um, we had our secret, like little blue cards that are citizens citizenship cards but you weren't really supposed to tell everybody about that mm. because you know um that would be you know that would be a bad thing um and the more i did research into it the more I, you know the more it just sort of i guess angered me that like why why should why should people with cherokee heritage or any other indigenous heritage be ashamed of that yeah. Why wouldn't they want to celebrate that? And and you just don't see it. And it's crazy, as was alluded to a little bit before, it's crazy that like we know all about the mythology of all of these European cultures, right? Like I was thinking about like everybody knows about Viking berserkers, right? Like the bear warriors, <laughs> yeah. like Norse bear warriors. How many people know anything about the warrior societies of the Americas? Yeah. Right. Well, and from someone, you know, someone that grew up in between two nations. So we have the Oneidans and the Onondagans where uh, near where I live uh, and, and had a bunch of kids and, and friends and stuff that went to went to both were part of both nations. I think a lot of from my perspective, like a lot of things we always hear about is like the ghost story stuff you know like the the mm -hmm. skinwalkers or the you know chupacabra or you know you know mm -hmm. wendigo bigfoot that that sort of uh stories that i think connect us to the you know to those cultures and so you don't get to hear about the other stuff as much or when you do it's it's usually like in a you know a western movie or something right like yeah. right yeah. yeah i think part of um I, so the background can be fairly depressing right? and negative and dark and so and i think you know when i when i was a kid um growing up in either colombia or venezuela uh, if they called you an indio uh that was an insult mm. right um and actually just for fun i, I this morning i was sitting uh, looking at some um, um some wikipedia pages and um, one of the paragraphs describes these primitive inhabitants. <laughs> uh, 
that's how they describe the civilizations they used to live in, right. in South America, right? So even to this day, right? But to keep it positive, that was th that's why I I kind of started this. Uh, originally started this this project and and then very very early on the rest of us got together to to make this happen as a group uh so it's no longer i but it's we and us and it is really to celebrate this to yeah. take not just native american cultures from north central and south america but frankly from around the world because you know even europeans if we think about European ancient cultures from the scotch and the irish and the norwegians and the, even the spanish all of the losing quote unquote cultures to the Romans and the Normans and all the other, you know, sort of prominent uh, societies that won out, those prominent societies crushed the the losers and their stories and their backgrounds yeah. and all of that. Right. So for us, like, you know, when mythic Europe comes out, it's really going to be focused on those cultures that were crushed by the prominent cultures, the Romans and the Greeks and all this other stuff. Yeah. Look, if I hear about another Roman story, I'm going to shoot myself. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I, I love Roman history. But we, we have a wealth of that. Our job is, as we discussed internally, um, is to give people through an entertainment platform that celebrates these cultures, an intellectual itch, mm. right? That you read something and you're like, wow, I didn't know the NASCA, um, you know, we're, we're only the third or fourth society and they were the latest uh, group of people that made those awesome lines out in the desert, you know, that, right. um, and so if we if we get people interested, we, we're doing a big part of our job, which is to get people to look at the cultures around them that are not Eurocentric. I mean, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, right? <laughs> yeah. But go back and take a look at the interviews from George, uh, um, from Joseph Campbell with George Lucas, you know, where George Lucas says, you know, my inspiration for all every single Star Wars story was, you know, European mythology, the green man being one of them, you know, yeah. all of it's just basically European mythology in space. Yeah. Right. So mythology has always been a part of our backgrounds and our history. So we want to do this respectfully as people that are part of the culture. Uh, that's our mission, right. To celebrate these folks and the very different point of view and how they look at the world. Like, so a lot of Aboriginal societies, uh, indigenous societies, uh, native societies, they, the world is not black and white. Right. Sort of like us Westerners. Yeah. <laughs> it's good or evil. Right. right. It's, it's, it's a more nuanced, balanced point of view. And by the way, and that's where that notion of balance comes as such an important kind of underpinning of, of our game. Right. And, and if you're into the game, you, you know that balance is a mm -hmm. big part of it. So that's a little background. Um, we wouldn't do this if we were just a you know a bunch of guys from uh, England, um, you know, writing a <laughs> yeah. writing a game about native peoples. Um, you know, we felt that we we uh, we have the passports to be able to delve into that world, as it were. Yeah, I well, and I think it's, I think a couple a couple of thoughts I have swimming in my head right now as we talk about this is it's interesting, the way that the indigenous are described and, and like what you were talking about, you know, with just like, Oh, Hey, they're just like some hunter gatherers that kind of right. lived around here. But like, as we're starting to find out as our technology increases, I, I was listening to a podcast the other day that was talking about some of the LIDAR stuff that they're doing over the Amazon rainforest and finding yeah. like these incredible structures, like the pyramids out in, in Egypt. And it's, it's so interesting how, all this stuff we've been talking about has kind of almost erased like this advanced 
civilization in a way I, I you know I don't want to sound conspiracy theorists here but like in, in a way you know very much like the Egyptians uh that we have right here in the Americas and and these structures that are inexplicable that that are that are in the jungles uh down in South America and so you know just showing some of that, like I'm looking at some of these minis and the minis that I bought and like showing some of the temple structures and 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 some of that in the game, I think helps to re-educate, hopefully, you know, us dummies who have been, you know, just thinking about like, you know, the skinwalkers and 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 the the scary stuff about about the uh, you know, the the stories that that we've heard. I had an interesting experience a couple of years ago. I went to the UK and I was there with my family for a couple of weeks and I was walking around and I thought, man, you know what I admire about the Europeans is they preserve their history, right? Like here, if there's an old building that has some historical value to it, but I want to build a strip mall, I'm yeah. knocking that thing down, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, so, but, you know, in Europe and especially in England, I mean, all of European countries, they really love and preserve their history. So when I came back home and I was working on this project, I thought, oh, my God, we have 4,000 years worth of culture here in our background, like right here in New Jersey, where I live, right? There are entire societies that were, you know, the there were societies in, in South America building pyramids before the Egyptians. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Um, we forget about that. There's there are pyramids and mounds in Mississippi, all over you know, all, all along the Mississippi Valley, that are thousands of years old. Entire yes. communities with hundreds of thousands, uh, you know, of people living in cities, uh, with irrigation canals and incredible societies, right? But we don't know about that. They don't teach that, you right. know, teach that in. But but it's right here. My point is, it's right here. Like we can really experience that. Um, that culture and those histories and as nerds i mean come on start looking into the mythology and the histories and the backgrounds of any 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 of these cultures and you're like holy crap yeah. there's just amazing stuff so when i think you know for me uh what really struck me is i, I obviously i love games and i i like to know more about history and and one of the things when talking to the team and seeing your booth at gen con and really diving in was i don't know i just felt this it's hard to describe but just this connection to the mythology and i and i just wonder if it's because it's something i always grew up with maybe because like i explained you know i live between two nations and so you know i wonder if between my friends that that were were members of those nations and 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 i just i don't know like it's just really connecting me like the bears and the giant eagles and i'm just like Oh yeah, like this makes I I have no connection to like dwarfs and and dragons and stuff besides them being cool, you know. I, right. I didn't feel like this inherent connection to it, but um, you know, one of the things that I I described when we talked about on the podcast was like it felt like oh we finally got a game that's the like describing where I live to a degree. Do you know what I mean? And like yep, the things exactly. I've grown up hearing about, and so I yeah, that's I think for me was the most exciting part. Yeah, I, I and agreed. There, and there's really nowhere in the country you can go that there weren't people living. Yeah. Right? Like there were already people there. There were stories and cultures and mythologies. Um and it I mean it gives us endless sort of material. Our problem is we're interested in all of it. <laughs> and so we we easily fall down those rabbit holes. Um 
you know, and we'll show up to to our design meetings and, you know, there will just be some, hey, there's some, you know, this is what I learned researching, you know, something completely unrelated. You know, yeah. I was just talking to one of the guys the other day, um, you know, up from your neck of the woods, um, the Mohawk Nation. Yep. And, you know, what are they most known for? They're their distinctive hairstyle yeah. right <laughs> and and why would someone do that right like like why does that originate like that that's a thing that was on purpose yeah um and and if you read about that and you really get into the weeds on that the reason the warriors would shave their head in that way is it made their scalps more valuable so that other warriors from enemy tribes wouldn't attack women and children. They would focus on the warriors. Ah. So that hairstyle drew like potential danger away from the people they cared about. Like that's pretty awesome. Yeah. You know? So that's pretty damn heroic. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and and the way they thought about things too. And and so like along this lines, one of my questions I wanted to ask you, because I had watched a documentary about um some of like the I keep saying that's I think why I keep saying skinwalkers because it was kind of like about the the like how the 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 different nations thought about these mythical creatures and and some some tribes don't even want to talk about them right. like it's a it's a taboo to even talk about it and so how how do you guys kind of toe the line between celebrating and pushing forward the cool cool things that we we should know and and also being um aware and and treating the you know the different the different lore with respect um so there's a couple there's only um so we we have conversations regarding uh every single unit that we design right so before we wrote the game we visualize creating a, a stage, right? Almost like a theater stage. And we mm -hmm. wanted to make sure that whatever we put on that stage is not violating anyone's uh, cultural, uh, you know, values or cultural icons that are important from a religious point of view. Sometimes mythology and religion, especially by Westerners, uh, can get mixed in the bag and then just they use it all. You see it all the time in, in yeah. uh, popular culture. And then, um, and so the, the reason I mentioned the stage is because what we're doing is we're mis mixing historical people's historical units, historical forces with mythological aspects, right? So, uh, I'll give you an example of, uh, uh, skinwalkers, skin changers, uh, any of that, uh, we don't include in the game, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's a spiritual aspect to that Matt connect, you know, sort of ascribe mm -hmm. to that more, give more detail to that. There is one place that we kind of um, the only place in our game where we feel and we're actually going to ba go back and revisit and we're not in, in the in the RPG version of the book. Um, uh, the Wendigo is the only of the mythological uh, creatures that we call by name, uh, mm. which we're, we're now, you know. For some, that's not cool. For others, you know, uh, it's been so used in in, in popular culture. Uh, but we're going back to even revisit that one, right? Because you know, there's there's debate internally and in, within the group that what's too much, what's not enough. Um, so we're we're very aware. There's stuff that we will not touch uh, right. 
for all the right reasons. Um, and, and you hear a lot of stuff like, we, you know, we we hear uh, the Wendigo is like the icon of the game, yep. right? Like you see it everywhere. Um, at Gen Con, we had a giant yeah. bottle. Um, it's, you know, it's pretty awesome. Um, we did hear from people like, oh, you can't name the Wendigo. Mm. And that's one of those, like, there are certain things that that have power from right. from naming. Yeah. The Wendigo was a cautionary tale, right? Like, that's a cautionary tale about greed. Like, the Wendigo is the embodiment of greed. Um, and, you know, that was something that was described through oral tradition. They warned right. people about greed through the stories of the Wendigo. Right. It wasn't some secret right although yeah although there were taboos um sometimes the taboos um if you think about it like the medicine societies um those were stamped out those were stamped out by Mm. colonists right so all of that lore and that i mean that's there's the stories were um were sort of uh curated by the the medicine societies their knowledge of of herbology and 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 uh and just the like it was such a cultural reservoir for the community they were very very secretive of that knowledge um and in large part because it was being attacked right like as a reservoir um there were people who were trying to stamp that out i mean we mm. still see it today we you mentioned in brazil but we see it in the united states as well um there are efforts to to stamp out all of these cultures right yeah. their languages things like that we're hearing about all the um the indian schools yeah right yeah. yep and and mostly what you hear about are the ones in canada yep um we had indian schools all over the united states as well in south america i mean everywhere yeah I mean, everywhere those were specifically designed in the united states what's interesting is they were actually um the the operation and organization of the indian schools was a military operation right because it was easier to stamp out the cultures through that education model than it was to try to root them out of the forest and you know yeah Right, as they were expanding throughout the territories to 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 build a larger yeah. American, you know, country. Yeah, they were trying to to yeah. tune down all the nations as they were going through. Yeah, yeah, but you couldn't speak the language, you couldn't tell the stories, you couldn't wear your hair in a certain style. Yeah, you couldn't have a name that was given to you by your family. Um, so there, you know, there are certainly places where we want to be very respectful but there are other places where you almost want to shout yeah out yeah the mythology because it has been suppressed right right you want to sort of shout it out that you you can't you can't get rid of this right these stories you can't get rid of yeah and i guess it's it's got to be tough because you also want people like me and and you know to like be interested in the game and and to use those things like we you know the uh, 
popular culture has kind of put into the zeitgeist right and and be able mm -hmm. to recognize that and like i did and go oh that is the way to go that is super cool i've heard about that uh i can play that you know and i think that's that's it's an interesting line that you guys have to kind of like walk it's a constant um thing that we're very aware of yeah and um and and, and look for us we're nerds right so whenever we start looking into these things, like Matt was saying, we just every single project we do is a giant rabbit hole and we all go right down into it. We're working on the Taino right now, which is, uh, you know, based on the Caribbean um, uh, sort of islands of Puerto Rico, uh, Dominican Republic, uh, Cuba, that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Right now, there's a lot of Puerto Rican and Dominican gamers. And I there's a few of them that come to the studio in Randolph and they're like, wait a minute, you're going to have a Puerto Rican war band. And I'm like, that's the first time ever, right? Because any game that includes Puerto Rico is from the point of view of like the Spanish and taking yeah. resources and that yeah. stuff, right? There's that famous San Juan, uh, you know, board game and that uh, kind of stuff. So, it, but it's at the end of the day, it's a game. So we want people to have fun. Yeah. And if they're interested and we kind of inspire them to do a little more research, then, then we've done sort of, sort of our secret mission, <laughs> uh, which is to infect people with that intellectual itch. But we need to provide and give the community a fun well-balanced game with awesome miniatures that they yep. want to collect that doesn't cost a bloody fortune to to, yeah. to play uh with the rules are free and that kind of stuff so that yep. that's that's the main mission as a gaming company well and to that point just for everybody i like i said i literally i went hard hard into your game <laughs> i bought everything i think you guys had available at the time and it was actually kind of reasonable for me to get it all. Like, I remember talking to my wife, Rachel, about it, going, okay, I'm going to get all this shit stuff. She's like, how much is it going to be? Like, thinking I was buying into Legion or Warhammer or something. And I told her, and she goes, oh, that's that's not even close to what you've spent on other games. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> I go, and I'll have everything. I was so excited to walk out of there. Um, yeah, so I, I personally, I can attest to that, that it's a very reasonable thing to get into and i was actually looking at the kickstarter for the i know we're jumping around but i think it's all connected right because um my guess here is some of the minis that if you've already have mythic america's the warlords of erewhon version that you could probably use some of those minis in the rpg Definitely. i would guess you know and yeah. so like i was looking at your different pledges and i was like oh this is again super reasonable like it starts off at 15 dollars, you know and so it's like anybody could get in to that at that at that price range you know which is which is amazing i i think part of it is folks don't so we're a community-based uh uh store we're probably the worst businessmen and women in the in the industry <laughs> um, and 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 that's okay you know we're okay with that because i know this is sort of bizarre but our side gig is we're educators we want to be educators right so if we if if our mission is to educate people in a fun way, but we make everything priced in the standard industry pricing, we're not going to reach as many people. Yeah. So we're also not going to make you know uh, uh, we may make more money, but I just think we would fail at our mission. So I think right now and and moving forward, really our goal is, hey, you know what? It's not going to cost you hundreds of dollars to pick up a, a force, you know, for Mythic Earth or Mythic Americas. Um, you literally can spend under a hundred bucks and get going all the, everything else is free online on our website. Yeah. Um, and I think in this day and age too, by the way, playing a fast, 
that's one of the reasons I love Legion, right? Because it's you can you can play a good deep game. <clears throat> it doesn't take hours and hours, and you're not running around with six hundred models, and it didn't cost you five thousand dollars, and you have right. to mortgage your house, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and the lore is deep. So the lore on for Mythic Earth and you know the RPG and the RPG and Matt, you can talk about the RPG for sure at depth in depth is when you're creating something like Mythic Earth you have to spend a lot of time uh, kind of creating a fantasy world in essence in some places that allows you to, to explore various societies that may have been separated by thousands of years. Mm. Right. So historically some of these societies connected because, you know, the Incas were definitely trading with way up into actually way up into the Pacific Northwest, if you can believe it. So there's, there's all kinds of, uh, uh, archaeological evidence that shows trading between these cultures up and down the Americas, right? But what happens when they're separated by, you know, if, if, if we want to do the Nazca, you know, how do we get them to interact with the Inuit? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and so there's a, there's a uh, kind of a creative background that we put together, which is kind of the underpinning of mythic earth. That is a very deep lore background that that we're building, and the RPG is going to really kind of flush out a lot of these themes mm. and how this these things can actually happen. But it's still rooted in the cultural mythologies, exactly. And and there are a lot of overlaps. Like if you were to read about the Mayan view of the cosmos, right, where there's really three layers, right? You, like you have the upper world, you have the middle world where man lives. And then you have an underworld. If we look at the how the Cherokee saw it, it's the same thing, mm. right? And those are those are groups that are separated um, by you know thousands and thousands of, of miles. But there but there are some themes there that that run through all of those um, cultural mythologies, and that's really what we're 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 working to tap into. And the RPG project has just been a blast to work on, right? We saw people were buying Mythic America's models for their role-playing games, yeah, right? Um, and so a couple things occurred to us, right? Like, so one, you know, wait a second, that's awesome, right? Um, two, wait, are all of these native cultures just the bad guys for the European heroes to fight because that's not awesome, right? We need some, we need some native heroes, yeah, to to go in there also. Um, and you know, many of us on the team are are like we we go way back in the role playing. Like we we have done played every version of Dungeons and Dragons. We just launched with our team um, a Shadowrun campaign. Like all of the like <laughs> yeah. we play all of that stuff. Um, when we were playing Stormtide, you know, my my commander had a huge backstory. Like he wasn't just a mini on the table. What's Stormtide now? Just, sorry, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he there, there was a whole story about how because I wow. of course used the wrong model and I had the guy with the cyborg arm. That's um, I he was just cooler, right? Like he there was a story there in that model. Yeah, that that wanted to come out and and so. 
what we're doing is there's stories in lots of the models that we make. And what we hope to do with the RPG is to help people to pull the stories out of those models and, and have some adventures. Um, and it has been a blast to, um, to translate mythic Americas, the mythology, the lore that we've been creating, the, the um, some of the just awesome things um, from various cultures around the Americas. Um, and translate those into the, the rules of, of uh, we'll call it 5e open game license yeah. and beyond is, is what we've been throwing out it, there. It, it might be helpful, uh, Jay, I don't know if, it, if this helps, but the kind of background of Mythic Earth, Mythic Americas is <clears throat> this fairly universal theme that you find around cultures around the world, right? So, um, uh, you know, we kind of all of us who have kind of Western European ancestry were raised with this um, uh, Judeo-Christian kind of Western point of view of good versus evil, black and white. You know, that's how life is, right? Um, uh, which is fine. It's totally fine way of looking at the world, right? Um, but a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of ancient cultures didn't see it that way. Uh, you know, the Maya didn't think the humans would live forever, for example, right? Or they didn't think that we should live forever. Right. Uh, and that history was sort of a series of chapters and and things started and progressed and then died, right? It's just, it's just it was part of culture. A lot of uh, Northern uh, nations, uh, humans came from, from under the ground. Like mm. they, we were, rose from, you know, so there's a lot of awesome stuff in our, in our world. We took a universal approach, which was this idea of balance and really it's balance between humans and, and mother earth. Right. Yeah. And that's not to say that, by the way, there's a lot of uh, cultures, native cultures that destroy their environment. <laughs> Uh, and live way out of balance with nature, and and they paid the price because they be they they disappeared yeah. um, when the when the world changed around them because of their their uh, their practices. But that notion of balance between humanity, which in our game uh, we're called the you know the 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 ruling children, right? So the ruling children are basically human beings, all of us, um, and we're placed here by a universal force called the one and the one as a universal force is a pretty common theme around the world right yep. it's sort of one entity it's not a god per se but it's yeah. just a force of the universe <clears throat> um uh it's known in various cultures by di different terms and then there's two factions uh main factions that we kind of use as our creative structural uh, platform within the game and that's the ever living and the ever changing right and within those two uh, you play the games and that, that the ever living, as you would imagine, are all about living entities uh, and not just humans, but all animals and all sentient beings. That could be a rock that has a spirit. Uh, right. It just, the, it, but it, it's, it's about life and, and death and preservation of a balance yeah. within the structure of life. And then the ever changing are these groups of entities and peoples and beliefs that recognize that evolution only happens through death and destruction, that nothing new can come out eventually until something old dies out. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so the ever changing, they're not so. And, and why do we do it that way? There's no good or evil faction in our games. There's no, you know, you can't play the assets and say the well, that's the evil empire. Nope. Right. There's no such thing. And that's an, and there's that's on purpose. We don't want any yeah. particular culture to be seen as an evil, anything. Right. 
So by so the creative portion of this is everyone in our games from RPG to tabletop is fighting to maintain the balance as dictated by the one, mm. right? And so whatever game you play, all the scenarios, you know, the tabletop game is dual scenarios. So you have to go see, you know, achieve objectives with two, two tier scenarios is to maintain the balance. Sometimes maintaining the balance uh, will look to the other side, like you're doing something awful and evil and violent, but it's an, it's an eternal balance. So who knows how you're going to maintain the balance by achieving those objectives, right? So that yeah. really has given us an enormous amount of freedom to create a background where, for example, in our game, only the children, us humans, were endowed uh, with the uh, notion of love mm. and hatred, right? So the gods do not have that, and that's the one thing that they uh, uh, envy us for. Mm. And so that background is something that you'll see in, in some of the stories that we've written and, and the novels that we actually three have three novels coming out. We have a publisher who's going to, who sort of signed on to uh, publish cool. our yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and the novels are actually based in modern times, uh, believe it or not. So it's that wow. notion of the balance is really kind of a universal thing that travels through time. Yeah. Um, so this background really kind of gives us freedom to play our games without feeling like we're making any any of these cultures evil or bad. Yeah, I think it's a funny thing, because as you were saying that, I was thinking, you know, obviously our head is deeply in Star Wars Legion. And yep. so I was thinking about Legion. And I think when you come to the table in gaming, like I started playing Legion as an Empire player, but I didn't inherently see my squad as evil. I just saw them as, you know, the units <laughs> that yeah, I wanted exactly. to play with. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, now recently watching Andor, I'm like, oh god, these guys, these guys were awful. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I, I like that because I, I think it doesn't pressure a, a player into saying, oh, I'm always the good guys, so I'm going to pick X faction, right? And right. And, and so now you can just pick. Well, you're all kind of good to yourself right because if you read your own stories and you buy into your own lore you you are the good guys so you know um i really like that because then it just releases you to kind of pick who you think is the coolest at, at that point yeah, right? it, yeah. It, on the tabletop you don't even get to pick the uh you walk up to the tabletop you have to put a force together right yep. a thousand points and you have to be prepared because it's random as to what alignment you're playing each game Right. You have to, you know, so the the sort of the one, as it were, chooses by rolling some dice what alignment, whether you're going to be ever living or ever changing. Boy, that one always really gets me on dice rolls. <laughs> Is that who I can blame? Yeah, bl <laughs> always blame yeah. the one. <laughs> yeah, the one. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. It, I tell you, it's fun. You know, um, put out uh, on our Discord channel, put out a suggestion for, hey, which characters, which cultures, which... And you get a thousand answers because yeah. everybody's like mm -hmm. excited about their particular, whatever it is. Right? Yeah. 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 We, uh, so Nelson mentioned before how we're terrible businessmen. Uh, but some of the things are hard to quantify, right? Like we recently received a message over our discord from a teacher out West who runs a gaming club for, for native kids. Mm. And they are just so excited about mythic americas 
because they get to see culture their culture in a heroic light yeah and they're not playing a game where they get to relive how they lost their land or you know were slaughtered or their right. culture was destroyed and that's the kind of stuff that you know you can't quantify but it comes back that's you know that's why you you get up and you you keep working on this and yeah yeah that well, that that's the kind of stuff that drives us yeah and i i you know for me it was i that's i think what you know also one of the things as i started getting the minis out and i was looking because i mean honestly I bought purely on emotion when I bought into your game, you know, cause I met <laughs> you, you guys. Yeah. You guys were <laughs> super cool and the game sounded awesome and it looked awesome at the booth. And I was like, yeah, I'm in. And so, but as I started digging into it, yeah, I started to appreciate that more as because I think from a popular standpoint, right? Like all the, 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 the stories that, as a child, I mean, it, it's growing now and becoming different, but as a child growing up, I think we can all speak to this, right? It was always cowboys. That's yeah. how we got introduced into, into the nation's culture and not, not always in a good way. And so it's really, I thought it was really awesome to be able to see something that was like, no, there's no, no cowboys in this. They're not even part of this. Uh, mm -hmm. We're just talking specifically about, you know, about, about the indigenous tribes that were here and in, in their cultures and i think that is super cool to me um yeah just because i've always i think we've all had curiosity on that right like that it's a it's this strange even though sometimes they were the quote-unquote bad guys in the in the movies you still had all these questions about but but why were they there? Like, what were they doing there? Like, what is right. going on? Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> like you just had, it just opened up more questions than it had answers, you know, even though the good guy, you know, Wyatt Earp or whoever won, it was just like, yeah, but who, who are they? Like, what's what's yeah. going on with the, with those guys over there? They were just it, the sand people, right? Like, yeah, from, yeah, yeah. From Star Wars. It, it wasn't it, until Boba Fett that we saw, hey, wait a minute right there's actually a whole society here yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's um mythic earth it's kind of like the kind of overall umbrella right so if you look at what we're doing with mythic americas uh which is how we that was kind of the first door into mythic earth right so the mm -hmm. the bit so wait for this this is crazy right so we we decided that we wanted to celebrate heroically represent these uh historically underrepresented cultures that's yeah. how we describe it right and so that doesn't stop in the Americas. We can spend the rest of our kind of gaming design careers, as it were, in the Americas. But how do you how do you bridge these cultures? How do you bridge these cultures across sort of Mother Earth, right? Um, and you do it with bridge factions. And bridge factions are uh, <clears throat> exactly what they are. They are factions that connect uh, cultures across the continents via the ocean, right? In most yep. cases, uh, the Vikings are one of them. Yeah. Right. So Viking mythology has been used in a, I mean, for the love of Pete, there's a, there's a comic book hero <laughs> running around that represents a, a Norse God, you know, right. Thor, he's like literally going around and Loki, you know, his brother. And it's just like, we've taken the European mythology and just, uh, abused it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to such a degree. Um, so we are planning on bridging some of these other continent with these bridge factions. The first of the bridge factions is going to be the Polynesian kingdoms. 
Oh, yeah. And if you look up Polynesian, the Polynesian kingdoms, um, you know, it includes the Philippines, uh, you know, the Samoans and that kind of stuff. I mean, go look at that stuff. And you're yeah. like, well, wait a minute. I, I want every one of these. So I explored on the tabletop. And then we'll go the other way into Europe. And again, it's all about uh, making sure that we cover all of these cultures in the same way that we're covering the cultures in the Americas. Um, so yeah, dude, the next 10 years for us, and, and we're, and it's 10 years, we've already committed to doing this. We've been at it three years now. Uh, you know, Isn't it interesting a... when you're only a few years in and you just like, yeah, I'm doing this now. <laughs> That's <it's> kind of <laughs> like, <laughs> we're doing that here with the fifth trip around just like, yeah, no, this is what I'm doing. And it's, 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 uh, yeah, I guess I'm just saying that from a, like a point of respect that, um, to be able to put out a game and then go, okay, we've, you know, we've got plans for the next five to 10 years, I think is such a cool thing to see, uh, especially in gaming. And it's a struggle, right? I mean, it's yeah. a struggle because you're, you're, you're basically, uh, you know, some of us have given up our jobs to kind of come in and, you know, uh, and do these things. And as the wife just looks at me and just shakes her head. <laughs> yep. I get the as same she, thing. <laughs> and she sees your saving account disappear into yeah. the ether, right? Oh Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is what it is. You know, I mean, I, I, I know personally, I'm passionate about doing this, you know, <clears throat> um, until I'm not around anymore because it's, it, I think it's important. I mean, I, and I, but I'm a gamer at heart and I want yeah. to, you know, um, enjoy the company of my friends while we're playing an awesome game that in the back of my head, I know is actually doing some good. I mean, how is that, how is that in any way bad? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I can directly relate to that, you know, and as I said, I, I bought in, I, it, it moved me, uh, in a way that I spent, you know, I used my, put my money where my mouth was, but then I started like reading some of the stuff that you guys had in the books. And then that's when I started watching those documentaries <laughs> and yeah, like, good. I was like, well, now I want to know more about this and, you know, started reading about, uh, you know, that stuff I was talent talking about with the LIDAR in the jungles and stuff and like learning about these massive civilizations that they like, they may have been way more technologically advanced than I think we give them credit for. And so that's like highly interesting to me as well. And so, yeah, I think you guys, I think it's working. Um, Good. But thank but, you. Yeah. So, so, okay. So we got the history of kind of how you guys are doing this, who you are. And so I think what I'd like to talk about is the there's right now, you know, you've got plans for the future, but if you, if you at all were moved by what we were just talking about, there's really two ways that you can get into this world. There's the mythic America's warlords of Erewhon tabletop game. So if you're a Legion player or 40 K player, this is going to be kind of your in to this world. Um, and I think we kind of, you know, Matt and I, when Matt first reached out to me a long time ago, our connecting thing was Warlords of Erewhon, right? Like I talked about yeah. how much I love that and how that kind of influenced Stormtide. And Matt was like, hey, speaking of influence, uh, you know, Warlords of Erewhon is what we base our game off of. And and so I tell us a little bit about that and 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 how that's been that's been going so far. Um so we we were great friends with the guys over at Warlord Games, um, and uh, uh, when I first saw the Warlords of Erewhon rule set, 
have uh, sort of been a big fan of Rick Priestley for a long time, right? And yep. that's one of his books. And, and you know, Rick, and in and, and, uh, the beginning of this project, I communicated with Rick on a regular basis. And, you know, um, of course, he's a, he is kind of the father of the hobby, yes. <laughs> as it were, right? Because of Warhammer Fantasy and then all those other games from Games Workshop. Um, but what's really interesting to me is that he wrote Warlords of Erewhon almost to be a generic rule system, right? Like a, a, mm-hmm. a no frills rule system that would really sort of focus, uh, give you the tools. But he never, I, the intention was never to create a game right? with it. It was just really to let people play with their dwarves, their elves, their orcs, and that, whatever it is that, you know, and and, and it was cool. And I think it wor- works very well that way. Um, so we started with Warlords of Erewhon, but the intention uh, as uh, sort of expanded a little bit because what happened was, as we started introducing more and more forces, as we call them now, instead of war bands, um, we realized that the Warlords of Erewhon, uh, because it was designed to be more of a generic platform, right? Um, it has to be. It has to have a much more rigid structure, mm. and therefore it has to. Uh, and that structure is really based on the order dice system, right? The order dice having six orders that you can perform in essence, and that's the limit. There's a beauty to that classic sort of simplistic point of view from a game point of view. It's a very, it's a, it's a wonderful sort of uh, way of doing things. But when you have a game like Mythic Earth in which you are planning 48 forces, I mean, <laughs> think about it. That's insane. Yeah. That's beyond stupid, by the way. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it is what it is, right? And so... So that's the you need something that's a little more flexible than six orders. Um, yeah. The system breaks down, the creativity um, gets narrowed on as to how what you can do with with the forces. So we very early on intended to write our own system. The other thing is I wanted uh, me personally, uh, and then the, the team agreed. I wanted to make it uh, as kind of a continuation of that previous conversation. I wanted to make it very, very easy and cost effective for you to play this game. Mm. And so I wanted to have a free rule system. We obviously could not give away, even though we own that book, the Warlords of Era One, Mythic America's yeah. version of the book. We couldn't give it away, right? Because that's a partnership with World yeah. War Games. Right. We also don't want to abandon the people who picked up the game because of Warlords right. of Era One. Right. <laughs> Right, the people who supported uh, you to begin with, right? Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. so, so, what we decided to do was like, okay, well, you know what? Um, this is not a first thing that's ever, this has ever happened in the in the gaming industry. So, what we're going to do is we're going to release a rule set called Mythic Earth, which is a free rule set that you can download and play. Um, we're going to run um, um a lot of the the kind of events and forces around that free rule system because that is kind of a more universal thing that anyone can use. It's free. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whenever we do a force roster or warband roster, we'll publish in it for Warlords of Erewhon. We'll continue to support. The rule book is there. We just, yep. you know, we uh, we updated it with the FAQs and we actually, Warlords of Erewhon Mythic Americas is on its second edition already. So, um, so we're in essence supporting two ways of playing this on the tabletop. Hmm. Uh, the free way. You know, which is the the Mythic Earth uh, uh, version, and the Mythic Earth version is really a the one that removes the order dice system. That's the biggest difference between the two systems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still a random activation, random deployment. In uh, the game, will feel very familiar, but um, 
it's not the uh, the six sided order dice, as okay. it were. Yeah. And the rules are free, and and you know everything's available online for people to use. So it's more work for us, but but it really kind of uh, yeah. gives the community <laughs> that option. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, and, and I that... yeah I think I think that's a good. I mean, it's good, right? Because really, you want. That's the thing about gaming is sometimes it can become too rigid for certain people, and so allowing opportunity to change you know that's what we're doing with storm tide allowing people to do something different with what they've bought into i think is always a positive thing i i you know yes it's more work for the rest you know for you guys to 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 make it happen but it, it'll be worth it in the end because you're you know your players get to do different things which is always positive yeah and that, you know we uh again if you play mythic america's warlords of everyone um you know, right now you can pick up the Western Federation, for example, the newest warband um, on our website in mm. that rule set, or you can pick it up for the Mythic Earth rule set, right? Um, yeah, so it's 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 awesome in that way, and um, it also sort of gives you a lot of um, gives you the ability to to be more creative uh, because yeah. there's a lot of cool stuff that you can do within the new system. So, and now the RPG book, which Matt Brian Heineman. And and uh, Mike Agostino are, are the main authors. Um, I mean, I tell you, dude, I've seen just like the first, not even the chapter, but like the first section of that book. And I'm like, okay, that's, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all the artwork that you guys have been showing uh, has been amazing. And so for anyone uh, who wants to look into that, it's on Kickstarter, Heroes of Mythic Americas. Guys already are funded as yep. of this podcast. You funded in day one. Which is, Ooh. yeah, that's huge. Uh, trust me, I've tried to kickstart things and it didn't go as well. Uh, <laughs> and so so that's great. And um, yeah, I really liked, you know, seeing some of the minis that I already bought uh, in, in the pictures for for the uh, for for the RPG. And so how has that been developing that for, on the 5e system? Is that has that been good it's, interesting like where where's it's, where's it's been a it's been a blast um there have been really only two challenges um sort of in the design space that uh that we've we've had to wrap our our heads around and one is uh D is based on that judeo-christian good evil yep um mentality and that is something that doesn't work in, in our universe so sort of thinking about how do how does alignment work within the role-playing game right yeah that um, makes sense um and then the other thing is uh for folks who who are D, &D players they know that um that wizards of the coast announced that they are moving to like they're they're done with additions and they're moving to the their D, &D beyond yep. uh, model and they're play testing some things and what's interesting there, so we've been paying very, very close attention um, to that work. Um, they've already stated that that system will be backwards compatible with 5e. Mm. And, uh, and we're working within that 5e open gaming license area. But a lot of what we were trying to do sort of is paralleling what you're seeing um, the team at the Dungeons and Dragons team doing, where they're you know they're trying to disconnect uh, some of these um, outdated ideas about like 
orcs are always dumb and ugly yeah right? yeah um elves are always smart and beautiful um yeah. and 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 sort of disconnecting those kinds of sort of societal values from a like a, a race of, mm-hmm. of people or or creatures and so we were seeing that what we were doing which we were already you know we were already down the road when they made that announcement we were like oh yeah. hold on <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> oh no really yeah i can imagine that day too when you found that out you're just going oh god yeah, they're doing like, they're doing what <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, but you know, that, that's actually fortunate, right? Because like they're, we're sort of moving in tandem. Um, and so, you know, we, we've done a lot of like digging in and, and, and being very critical with what we had produced so far. And, uh, and it's just exciting how it's coming together. I mean, we already have a dozen new archetypes Mm. fully written, um, and I know that when I pick up a book, you know, I pick up a D and D book like their latest, you know, they had their Tasha's Cauldron of Everything book came out. I'll look through that and I'll be excited about, hey, here's a new archetype, and then yeah. I'll flip past three or four of them, and then I'll find another one that I'm interested in, and I'll feel good if there's maybe three of these archetypes in the book that I'm interested in trying out. Yeah. I. I want to play all 12 of ours. Like I need 12 new characters to play all of these. It's, it's crazy. Um, as it comes together, it's just, it's been super fun. Um, it's a new way to, um, to sort of celebrate some of these things and to plant those seeds that, yeah. that cause people to do research. They are scattered all throughout um, the book and it's, it's super exciting. That's yeah. good. Yeah, great. Well, I've got uh, some more money to spend with you guys and <laughs> some more research, I guess, that I'm I'm due on. But uh so so we we can find the, the RPG on Kickstarter now. I think so when this comes out, you guys will probably have still like 20 days. So you'll have plenty of time as a listener to to join in on the RPG now. And where can we find all the rest of your stuff if they're interested in in buying or or learning more? So if they want to, uh, uh, so mythicamericas.com is the main website for, for the tabletop game. And and that's, um, you're going to be able to migrate to that from mythicearth.com uh, in, in the future. But right now, mythicamericas.com, mythicos.store is ours. Uh, and you can get to that from mythicamericas.com as well. Okay. But mythicos.store is our main kind of online store where you can get all of the Mythic America stuff. And then the Kickstarter is, you know, Heroes of Mythic Americas. Um, which by the way, that, the, and, and not to kind of plug it, but what you mentioned before about the value, like if you look at the hero uh, pack where you get the book and then you get all the miniatures, mm. these are all going to be cyocast plastic, right? So not metal. Um, but all of these minis, you can't get, uh, together in a bundle like that, right? Now you'd have to buy all kind of the leaders and, uh, magic users separately, through mythicamericas.com and even though it's inexpensive at you know 17 bucks a blister you you would have to buy i think it was 15 blisters <laughs> mm. um uh so it's an enormous savings all all along the uh the kickstarter so even if you're um don't play the 
the Mythic America's games, the role playing models from this, that's kind of ridiculous the amount of models that you're going to get. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I think I, what did I, I did the 99, the $100 one that came with the, I think that's the hero player pack or whatever that yep. came with 17 heroes. Cause yep. I, you know, I do want to get the heroes, but like some of the monsters and all the other things you guys are showing on here, I, I already bought. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to just go ahead and use the ones I have, but, but that's the nice thing about this. And what I was saying earlier was, um, all the different options on the Kickstarter, that's that's kind of what stood out to me first when I saw it. It was like, oh, so I could send this to somebody like a buddy and be like, yo, get in on this Kickstarter and I'm I'm going to go ahead and get the heroes pack and get all the men, you know, get the hero minis. So just do the fifteen dollar one and get the get the PDF so that you can exactly. you can get up on it. I'll have the printed book. But yeah, I, so please everyone out there i highly recommend supporting these guys the the tabletop game is amazing it sounds like the rpg game is going to be just as good and the all the minis i mean i literally opened all my minis and was just looking at them for like an, for like a couple hours and just like inspecting them because they're all beautiful and and the just the whole thing is is amazing so you guys are doing a great job yeah thank you thank you thanks all right. Well, thanks for coming on, everybody. Like I said, go buy their stuff right now. Just take take a second. <laughs> We're signing off. Just go buy all the stuff you can from them because they're they're not out of England. They're out of New Jersey, just so everybody knows. So, you know, they're local boys for us anyways, because we're New York. So, you know, go go support them. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for coming on. All right, Jay. Thank awesome. you so much. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. Love your support. Thank you. Yeah.